0: It's some hockey
1: podcast. Hit some hockey podcast. Hit some hockey podcast. It's 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 some hockey podcast. podcasts. hockey podcast. Hey, did you know that we have a podcast? Yeah. Yeah. We're Oddly enough, we're just talking into mics talking about movies, but we We also have a podcast.
0: Yeah, we do produce this
1: occasionally. Yeah. Oh, man, we're producers. Welcome to the Handsome Hockey Podcast, everybody. I am Jake. We're sitting here once more at the house of Evan. And speaking of Evan, he's across the table from me. Hey, this is episode 23.
0: It's our Michael Jordan episode. Yeah. So we have to say, and I took that personally.
1: Ooh, that's the game. (laughs) What? Full stop. That's the game. Just Michael Jordan. How we can fit, and I took that personally, into the, yes.
0: Or just weird Jordanisms?
1: Yes. (laughs) All right. All right. That's fun. Okay. So, it is the 15th of March today. We are recording a little bit late. Evan decided to have fun this weekend. I had one fun. Yeah. He was allotted one fun, and he took it, and I'm very proud of him. I milked that. We were talking last night. We had a script, and we were both looking it over and saying, "Wow, this kind of sucks."
0: Nothing happened in hockey this week. This is did, fucking did boring. Did hockey even happen?
1: <laughs> so we don't have a whole lot to talk about today, but we found some nuggets of joy that we're gonna we're gonna bring to you. And I think the first nugget of joy we're gonna talk about, and it's always a nugget of joy, mm-hmm. is. The NWHL playoffs. The Isabel Cup is coming back not this weekend, but next weekend. And we'll do a little bit more of an in depth preview next week. But we just want to say that we're thrilled. Like, this Mm -hmm. is such an awesome feeling to have what couldn't be finished be finished. Mm -hmm. And so. Also, I'm thrilled because the whale are back. But we got to see the first, I don't know, probably 30-ish games of the NWHL season when they were in the Wubble at Lake Placid. 30 is probably a bit... No, nah, that's probably pretty I'm close. Even sh- yeah. That's uh, probably pretty close.
0: Mental calculation skills, not exactly with me right now. but it's, um,
1: it's 8, 12 p.m. And we're, well, I'm old. I'm still young <laughs> and spry. So we got to see some really good hockey. And then they shut it down. And we were all like, oh, no, what are we going to do about women's hockey? You could
0: say that they put it on ice.
1: So the NWHL ended their season because of COVID. And then the PWHPA came back and they played a series of games in Madison Square Garden, the United Center, another game in Chicago that were a ton of fun. So much skill that was on display in these games. There yeah. was a ton of Olympians, all Americans or mostly Americans. Abby Rock, who is apparently going to be the best player in the world. <laughs> in a, and sure enough, she's amazing.
0: Kendall of Coin Schofield looked amazing as, as always. Um, Brianna Decker. Mm-hmm. So it was a lot of fun. And- I don't know. I kind of come away from this all thinking if the NWHL can finish up as scheduled, this end up being a plus situation even past what they had planned. Like I feel like the PWHPA games and the NWHL games have been kind of spaced in a way that just keeps people's interest in women's hockey. And you know, I think how NBC is and NBC Sports are kind of structuring, showing them in larger. TV markets, it seems like uh, the sky's the limit now for where they can take this.
1: I completely agree. And I think that we're really starting to see the first big buzz about women's hockey, probably since the gold medal game in the last Winter Olympics, Mm -hmm. I would say. Because Because those
0: two teams do not like each other.
1: And they're light years ahead of every other team in the world. Right. You can only watch
0: us murder South Korea nine to nothing so many
1: times. And the South Koreans are going to take it personally. (laughs) That's <laughs> but the south koreans might take it personally but they don't have anything to do against the juggernauts that are the u.s or canada as do most teams in the world so we talked about this this might be in one of the forbidden episodes mm-hmm. but <laughs> the u.s and canada are light years ahead of everybody but there are other good teams like yeah, there, there are other other good teams in Sweden or in europe that are you know slowly but surely kind of building up their their women's programs the U.S. is obviously always so good at women's sports. Mm-hmm. It's We're way better at women's sports than we are men's sports.
0: You know, we saw some drama with the NWHL, and there's some limited tension between them and the PWHPA, just because they're two roster pools that ne'er the two shall meet, at least currently structured. But the ancillary drama, you know, between the NWHL and Barstool, or between the NWHL's bubble falling apart and the political intrigue, it just made it that much more interesting to me. The NHL could use some teams just randomly pulling out for COVID reasons, like New Jersey and Buffalo.
1: I think Buffalo already just kind of ended their season, mm-hmm. <laughs> but they show up. And-
0: yeah. yeah, I think I just figured it out. I think I think Taylor Hall is actually paying a really accurate body double. He's just not quite as good at hockey.
1: That's good for Taylor Hall because then he's not the guy who tripped over the blue line a couple of weeks ago.
0: Yeah, it's just Taylor Hall uh, by proxy. But if the Predators just sort of stopped playing, would anyone notice? If a tree falls in the woods. The Socratic question is interview Ryan Johansson did the other day where he he was just (laughs) absolutely not having fun. He was just like, they asked him like softball question, like, what can your team do? And he's like, score five goals in the third.
1: You play hockey for a life. Mm-hmm. Right? That's how you're making a very substantial living, especially Ryan Johansson. How are you not having fun? I don't care how much you're losing. You're making millions of dollars to play the game that we started playing when we were four.
0: I mean, I think professionals take it seriously, and they know that, that their jobs are on the line if they don't win,
1: so... You take it seriously. Absolutely. But don't you wake up every day and go, oh yeah, I'm a professional hockey player.
0: No, you lose and you say, I took that personally. It's one thing when you sort of see like the affable hockey script lingo trotted out after a game, you know, "Oh, we, we didn't get four lines deep and we didn't roll for 60 minutes and yeah, we couldn't get pucks deep and, uh, you know, really struggled. And it's another thing when a player is just publicly like, Fuck this. This sucks. Kyle Poso said something in the media this week. It's not easy right now. It's not easy. This is not an easy situation. Guys care. It's just not happening right now. I don't know how else to put it. It's tough. We're in a really tough spot here. Guys are trying and it's just not working. I don't know what else to say. I think that speaks to how professional athletes do approach what is fundamentally their jobs.
1: Kyle Poso 2021 is Eric Carlson 2023.
0: Yeah, I mean... I don't think Kyle Posa can ever do as much damage as Eric Carlson. Eric Carlson also complaining in the media about how his team is
1: bad. I do want to get back to women's hockey, but I'll just say this quick mm-hmm. about Eric Carlson. Eric Carlson said that he didn't sign with the Sharks to go through a rebuild. Understandable. When he signed with the Sharks, they were good. One of the reasons they're bad... Is because he's taking up 14.1% of their cap and they can't afford (laughs) other players who could supplement the relatively okay core that they have.
0: Dear Eric Carlson, you are why we can't have nice things. things. Sincerely, the San Jose Shark.
1: Dear Eric Carlson, fuck you. (laughs) Take less money then. If winning is that important to you, if winning is that important, you take less money so the team can build around you as opposed to taking up almost 15% of your team's entire
0: cap hit. (laughs) But nobody in the NHL does the Tom Brady, do they? I mean, nobody's like restructuring
1: their contract as a star player so they can add people. Have you seen the first line in Boston? Have they restructured? They didn't have to. They all took less money so they could continue to be good every single year. Right. Yes, two different things. And Tom Brady was also making like... 150 million dollars on endorsements every year he didn't need his football money also
0: yeah he had his uh wacky pseudo health money
1: yeah his pseudo health donald trump loving maga hat wearing i want to i want to like tom brady so much because he was he's a wolverine but uh... He's one of those guys, like, like, hard to believe that he would
0: still be on the MAGA train. But I don't know.
1: The fact that he felt was on it to begin with is kind of disappointing. But I digress. We've digressed. What we really want to say is the NWHL is coming back and you should watch it. It's going to be awesome. It should be the, I believe, 26th and 27th of March. I
0: think that's right. Yeah, March.
1: Okay. Yeah, I was right. March 26th and March 27th. And we're thrilled. The first round will be the Toronto Six, who in their inaugural season finished first in the round robin that was the quote unquote regular season of the NWHL. They will take take on perennial favorites, the Boston Pride in the first round, while the Minnesota Whitecaps will take on the Connecticut Whale. <laughs> Which those are the teams that we were uh, each
0: rooting for. So we get to have a little bit of a grudge match to start.
1: Yeah, we're definitely watching that game together. So anyways, we are really thrilled to see that these games will be live on NBCSN. They will be streaming on nbcsports.com, the NBC Sports app, and they will be on Twitch if you are an international viewer. So all our friends in what was it? Sweden, the Philippines, Turkey, New Zealand, and there was one other international country that or I mean, other country. definitely
0: not canada
1: we have no <laughs> listeners in canada as of yet but we have them in like the philippines
0: i will send our first canadian listener some poutine personally
1: i will deliver it i just ha- it'll do s- it'll be in quarantine for two weeks but i will deliver that poutine
0: <laughs> <laughs> maybe slightly cold
1: we're thrilled to watch these games in a couple of weeks here it's going to be a fun weekend of women's hockey it will be really just it'll be it'll be great to watch them somebody hoist the cup for the first time in two years and you know yeah watch it we got the fun stuff out of the way first i think no there there will be some other fun stuff later but hit you with
0: the good news now the bad news
1: yeah it's as if our listeners were given the choice of do you want the good news or the bad news and they're like give me the good news and we're like okay but just so you know there's some bad news so this is the Golden anniversary, not the goal. It's an, an it's the anniversary of Bobby Hull scoring his fiftieth goal, and there's been media, there's been stories coming out. It's it's what the fifty fifth anniversary, I believe, of do math something like that. Do math, <laughs> fifty five. Uh huh. Go go gath. Yeah, of, math uh, gadget. Yes, of his uh, first fifty goal season in the NHL, and which put
0: him over the hump to be at that time the single season scoring champion
1: well in any case happy anniversary bobby hall you fucking (laughs) nazi loving racist domestic abusing scum fuck
0: yeah so this came to pass because my mom first of all she was the genesis of the fred Saskamoose tribute we did last week which is a super interesting story about a Great, nice person that we like telling. This week, she texts me or emails me, you know, a This Week in Illinois history put on by our local Northern Public Radio station. And March 12th, 1966, Bobby Hall scores his 50th goal. And I took that opportunity to be like, well, mom, about Bobby Hall. (laughs) He's not exactly someone we're a fan of. And yes, he is still alive. No, he's not really making public appearances anymore. But He has said some questionable shit and most heinously is a serial domestic abuser. There's preponderance of evidence and accusations. And uh, his daughter said that she got into uh, victim crisis counseling specifically because of him. Not someone that we are a huge fan of, but you can't really talk about the game of hockey and its growth and development and where it is today without talking about Bobby Hull. He literally has a rule named after him in that you cannot any longer have a a banana curve stick with an inch and a half of curve it you're limited to a half inch
1: speaking of banana curves yeah if he were a 21st century personality he would Mm -hmm. have had banana clips in the guns that he (laughs) chased his family around the house with so
0: that was actually a thing
1: yes chased a family around the house with gun with loaded shotguns so Bobby Hull is one of the – in every every sport, especially in the United States, but probably worldwide, has problematic figures, right? Especially in the United States, we have problematic people throughout our history. Like, mm-hmm. Oh, hey, George Washington, father of our country, also a slaveholder, that sort of thing. Right. Uh, Bobby Hull is kind of of that same ilk. Like,
0: You he, can't talk about hockey without talking about him, but yeah, he had, he had a lot of problems.
1: He He's one of the NHL's the, – so the NHL says greatest 100 greatest players of all time, but at the same time he's a fucking demonstrative piece of shit. Like, and one of the ways we've been trying to highlight these these people is by making sure that the voice of the voiceless is heard. Do you want to do the timeline? Yeah, let's just do a let's just do a brief rundown of the life of Bobby Hall. So. Let's skip all the things about him being good at hockey and just go right to (laughs) 1970 where his wife, Joanne McKay, threatens to get divorced. Later, they reconcile. Then throughout the 70s, he proceeds to, on several occasions, beat the ever-living shit out of his wife. He beat her with a steel-heeled shoe, chased her around the house with a loaded shotgun, and held her over a balcony perilously close to killing her the quote from joanne was he threw me in a room and just proceeded to knock the heck out of me he took my shoe with a steel heel and proceeded to hit me in the head i was covered with blood and i can remember him holding me over the balcony and i thought this is the end i'm going what a fucking gentleman this bobby hole
0: yeah it's really hard to hear
1: that in 1980 joanne mckay finally divorces him and As her reason for divorcing him, she names a pattern of abuse, severe abuse. In 1984, he's inducted to the Hockey Hall of Fame. In 1986, Hull is arrested. He's arrested only for taking a swing at a police officer who arrived at the scene, not for beating the shit out of his wife while sitting in a parked car in the parking lot of their condo. This is a new wife. Yes, this is a new wife. Hull was arrested for taking a swing of the officer. That police officer said that there was evidence that he had struck his wife because there was bruising and swelling in her face. Jeez. That wife would later drop any charges against him. We don't have any like documented malfeasance in the waning 12 years, dozen years, but you can just kind of imagine what kind of shit was going on this entire time. Mm-hmm. In 1998, in a Moscow newspaper.
0: It's Moscow Today.
1: Yeah. Bobby Hall announced that he was pro Hitler and said that he had a lot of great ideas. He just, quote, and I quote, he just took them a little too far. The genocide of 9 million people. Just a little, bit too, bit, just a little too far. Over the top. Just a little too far. If he had only done 6 million, maybe seven and a half, we could have lived with that. Yeah. He also
0: said that black people in the U.S. had too much power and were growing too rapidly and that the Canadian government was too left wing and had too many undeserving people on welfare. Now, he did almost immediately after the fact disavow those comments in the Moscow paper, which in light of more recent events such as Artemy Panarin's uh, accusations, you know, it, it gains a little bit more weight. But even if he didn't say that, it doesn't take away any of the spousal abuse. So, you know, it's sort of just icing on the cake. Is it not?
1: It's, um, I'm just, I'm just gonna say, I'm going to believe the Moscow today. There's a reason that he is only trotted out every so
0: often, but it's also a shame to the Blackhawks, you know, that he is one of their problems. Uh, they have several, but,
1: Speaking of the Chicago hockey team. Yeah. In 2007, he was named an official ambassador of the Chicago racist mascots.
0: Uh, Not only that, they built a statue of him.
1: Detroit. Stadium named after a famous black boxer. Chicago Hockey Club racist statue.
0: Yeah. Playing in the the, uh, building that Michael Jordan built.
1: And you know what Michael Jordan did? He took that personally. (laughs) (laughs) Two to one. This, I think for us, is what we would like to call, and maybe we'll make this a segment, I don't know, but this is a, Mary, fuck you, <laughs> to Bobby Hall, disgraced former NHLer. I hope that the rest of his life is miserable and that he's sad and that Brett doesn't ever visit.
0: Yeah, I mean, Brett Hull may be one of the best things that Bobby ever did. And his daughter seems like an amazing person. She's a lawyer, very concerned with victims' rights.
1: Uh, specifically victims of domestic abuse and domestic violence and in interviews she said oh yes i'm absolutely a lawyer fighting for the rights of those who've been domestically assaulted because of my dad
0: yeah and i mean i don't think brett in the media has said some said very glowing things about him either i think maybe brett's revenge on his dad was beating all of his records by a country mile
1: yeah being a better hockey player <laughs> yeah. than his bum fuck dad was probably just like a good stick up the ass so good
0: yeah i mean you know people will say he's a man of his time you know blah 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 but there were plenty of men in that area that didn't beat their wives and didn't
1: beat their families and didn't support the fucking nazis
0: (laughs) so i figure
1: uh, i like it still blows my mind that we have this one obvious very apex evil in the history of humanity we're like okay the nazis were the worst fucking thing ever Mm -hmm. and there are people who are like nah i want some of that
0: (laughs) well and not only that you know we we ignore that the Koch brothers' dad built oil refineries for the Nazis. The IBM company actually sold the Nazis' technology that allowed them to make the uh, Holocaust more efficient. Uh, I
1: wore a pair of Adidas' over here.
0: Right. Well, it, there's, there's almost, it, you know, that's different, actually. In my mind, it, those were captive industry. What separates Hugo Boss is... They leaned into designing the uniforms and, like, were all about it. Like, VW, they didn't have...
1: VW was created off of a personal edict of Hitler. Right. The Dossler brothers, Adi Dozler who created Adidas, and Rudolf Dossler, who created Puma, were both in the SS. Mm-hmm. Probably of their own volition, mm-hmm. the records show. I will give Hugo Boss, the company, a lot of credit that if you go to their website, they did this huge research project on hugo boss oh yeah that was not in any way tied to the hugo boss company and so they have this huge litany of the things that he did and they are like Mm -hmm. these are the things that have happened that our founder did Mm -hmm. and we do not agree with as a company
0: that's really interesting i didn't know they're
1: one of the few companies that do that like coco chanel was a fucking nazi spy ibm you mentioned uh henry ford was an inspiration to the nazis
0: and like, henry ford also published a printing of the chronicles of elders of zion which is the anti-jewish it was a yes. fake fake account of a meeting of jews and it was originally published by the russian government or or uh, russians oh, i believe yeah i mean but uh Yeah, Henry Ford choose to fucking print it here.
1: Well, he had the assembly line. So, you know, you just got to slap some glue in a binding and stuff some pages in there. Yeah. Yeah. Take a break
0: from making that Model T there, buddy. Here, let's make some anti-Semitic
1: propaganda. One of the great ironies of Henry Ford is that all of his plants got turned into bomber plants. And what did those bombers do? Flatten fucking (laughs) Germany. Yeah, Here's a B-17 Up your ass every 12 minutes. So yeah,
0: Bobby Hall, critical to the tale of the growing of the game of hockey.
1: He's not critical to the game going forward. No,
0: and you know, one of those people that we really should be honest about, because you can't not talk about him, and so you got to tell the whole story. It's all sort of a piece of the same story. It's sports relationship to power, and how it continues to intertwine itself is of... Continued interest to me. I mean, whether it's stadium deals
1: or uh, men dominion over women in the sport.
0: Yeah, you know, uh, uh, trans rights in the sport. I got into a big fight this week about trans rights and and stuff on Facebook. And you know, people that I was friends with on Facebook are like playing hockey. You know, posted something about a, a trans weightlifter that broke the women's world record on weightlifting, and and you know how that was awful and. I was one of a couple of people chimed in, just saying, "Yeah, no, that, that it's not. I'm not offering any solutions as a straight white male that can't really doesn't really have a whole lot of room to speak on the subject."
1: But that's kind of what we have postulated several times in the past. Like, we realize that we are coming from pace, places of influence and privilege. Mm-hmm. And instead of sitting silently and enjoying that privilege and the things that it has brought us, we love the game of hockey, but would love to see a more diverse and inclusive sport of hockey. Since we sit in this place of privilege, we can use that privilege to affect that change. And so if people are out there listening and you're hearing us and you're saying, you know what, fuck yeah, this is what I believe as well then you're the people that we want recruited amongst us. Like, we're, we're trying to just... Even if you're just
0: open to, you know, changing your opinions, too. I mean, you don't go from zero to 100 in terms of social consciousness without taking a leap of faith and kind of being rewarded for it. So it, we hope to be, you know, maybe provide people with new information and new ways to look at things.
1: Here's a true story. So I used to play in the Portland Ball Hockey League, mm-hmm. uh, which is fucking awesome. If you're in the Portland metro area and you love hockey, you should play in PDX Ball Hockey. It's so much fun. Saturday mornings, Alberta Park, Northeast Portland. The What I will say is every year there's at least one, sometimes two or three female players in the mm-hmm. league. And one year I got knocked down by a female <laughs> player in the league. And a bunch of people, you know, as bros will do, Mm -hmm. were like, oh, you got knocked down by the girl. And I was like, she's a better hockey player than I am. (laughs) Yeah. I am not good. She's very good. She should knock me down. The laws of hockey say that she is better than me. (laughs) Therefore, she should knock me down. And like that's kind of a carry on thing here. Respect good hockey players. And raise the voices of those who oftentimes are left with less of a voice. And so that's why we talk about the NWHL. That's why we're going to talk about Larry Kwong here in a minute. When people are misogynistic, bigoted, racist, homophobic, transphobic, I take that personally. <laughs> and three to one. And But we have this platform where we can say enough is enough. And mm-hmm. so, if you're still if you're still around and listening, that's fucking awesome. We're thrilled to have you. <laughs> that's what I'll say. That's how. That's uh, well, how I'll. Put. That's and- how I'll stop talking about Nazis for the day.
0: Oh, they'll come back.
1: Yeah, goddamn Nazis. So, I did just mention Larry Kwong, and yeah. we want to point out a extremely important milestone in the history of hockey, at least in North America. So. Larry Kwong is largely regarded as the first non-white player and also the first player of Asian descent to play in the NHL. He made his debut. Larry Kwong made his debut on March 13th, 1948 for the New York Rangers against the Montreal Canadians, who at the time featured Maurice Richard, one of the best players of all time.
0: The Rocket himself.
1: This was less than a year after Jackie Robinson broke the color barrier in baseball, which is actually really intriguing to see that mm-hmm. you know the NHL which is to this day still an extremely white league for an extremely white sport
0: mm-hmm. that
1: the NHL broke the color barrier relatively early sadly uh, Larry Kwong's NHL career was not very long he played one shift in the third period of a game that wasn't because of a lack of talent it was because of a lack of opportunity That barrier was broken, and that was amazing, but Kwong realized that he wasn't going to get much of a chance playing in the New York Rangers organization, and so Kwong then signed a lucrative contract with the Quebec Senior Hockey League for the Valley Field Braves, who at that time were coached by legendary NHL coach Toe Blake. He would end up playing against many future NHL All-Stars, but he was an All-Star in his own right. He was named an alternative cap or an alternate captain of the Valley Field Braves, and actually won the I'm gonna say Vimy Trophy or Vimy Trophy as the league MVP in 1951. So like this guy was very good at hockey. He then took his playing days to England, where he actually ended up meeting his first wife and getting married. He then moved to Switzerland. And it was in Switzerland that he became the first person of Chinese descent to coach a professional hockey team anywhere. Amazing. Think of a life well lived. Like this dude is incredible. Larry Kwong, eventually he returned to Canada after retiring from hockey, settling in Calgary. And much like his father, he actually owned and operated a grocery store in Calgary. Hmm. He lived until the age of 94 years old. He passed away three years ago. To this day, we are recording on Monday, March 15th. He passed away three years ago to this day on March 15th, 2018. Give a shout out to Larry Kwong. We've been talking about players who have broken all of these barriers in the NHL. But let's give a shout out to the guy who broke the original color barrier in the NHL, Larry Kwong. <laughs> I, I'm going to have to look up and see if there's a book about his life because what a wild story. I... Yeah, I hope would so. read that I, in like two days. And-,
0: and if there isn't, there probably should be. So you know who made a story happier this week?
1: He wrote a sad song and then he made it better.
0: Yeah, that famous song by Alex Galchenyuk. <laughs>
1: <laughs> nice.
0: Alex Galchenyuk, who is veteran of many trades and air miles at this point in his career, turned fourth line minutes in Toronto now into a Gordie Howe hat trick. The first one that we have seen in many, many, many years with a goal, assist, and a fight. Gordie Howe hat trick is just the guy who's having the most fun on ice, basically.
1: It's a Gordie Howe hat trick. And then as a subcategory, it's the Kachuk brothers.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Like a a Gordie Howe hat trick is like next to natural hat trick in terms of most impressive feats possible to do in a hockey
1: game. I think I've probably only got two or three of those in my life. And, well, we don't uh, fight. You know, we're not supposed to fight. We're not supposed to. Except I
0: just, for your first night. Just, you have to fight.
1: <laughs> I Fight Club has come up so many times lately. Yeah, and it's because we're millennial I, males. I feel like I have to watch it again. I have, I'm really worried that it won't hold up. And that'll be sad for my youth. Uh,
0: I think I've watched it after the aura of it had worn off you know i think it holds up pretty well chuck polonix writing maybe not so much but i think the movie does
1: i could go back and reread that book as well although somebody stole my copy of it at some point i think really
0: really excited to read fight club
1: the book is and no disrespect to chuck uh, polonix as a as an author i actually met him once and he's just a weirdo he's actually really incredibly friendly I've i've heard yeah i i was like hey i've been a big fan for a long time he's like really that's so nice of you i was like wait what (laughs) Was just like really taken aback i think i have all of his books still like at my parents house and so if i'm ever allowed to go back to michigan because of covid (laughs) i maybe i'll just pick up a couple of his books if i remember correctly uh survivor and choke are both really good
0: yeah choke is cool yeah speaking of choke (laughs) the oilers swept the Sens. After they've been in the sort of thorn in the side of the whole North division. But the Sens are beating everybody else. And Toronto has lost a bad one. A, are the Oilers for real? And B, Toronto is like flavor of
1: the week every other week. (laughs) Everybody's like, Toronto's the best team in the league. Oh, they're not very good. But they're the best team in the league. Oh, they're not really very good. Oh
0: my God, they're the best team. I think this is... The backstretch of the COVID season is just further evidence of global weirding. It's just kind of wild and crazy and wacky. And we don't like we have a lot to talk about, but at the same time, not a lot to talk
1: about. So we end up riffing a lot. We're getting to the point where the Toronto media is just becoming the NHL media. (laughs) I mean, in normal years, you hear toronto in the background and you're like yeah yeah we get it it's the maple Leafs, yeah cool okay they have a couple of cups cool that's cute when was the last <laughs> one but this year they're like we're the best and you're like no no you're in the north and the north is sketchy at best but we're the best in the north are you we, we're the best in the north because what was it <laughs> What was it? Two, three weeks ago, where they beat the shit out of Edmonton Uh and didn't allow Drysaddle and McDavid to have a point. Oh yeah, and have the best week ever, and they looked
0: unbeatable
1: doing it. And then they played Ottawa and and gave up a five to one lead. I mean,
0: that's also who Ottawa is, and also Ottawa who surrenders their starting goaltender who isn't very good during warmups. To an unknown upper body injury. That yeah, was planned. And then who start young man whose literal French translation of his last name is OK in goal. And he gets his first career win and chokes up in the interview. And it's the most amazingly adorable thing it's ever.
1: Charming. Well, let's talk about the North just for a little bit. because yeah. I don't want to spend too much time talking about that tire fire. But tire fire. I love it. I know, I love it. It's but like, like a
0: Jersey Shore attire fire.
1: It's it's absolutely a tire fire though. Like that nobody is good. Toronto is everybody's totally good. snooky. Yeah. Oh she wants was a smush mush? Was that I I will be perfectly honest. I never watched the show. And Mike, the situation,
0: that's that's the whalers. You don't like him one moment and then the next moment you're like, oh yeah. All right. He's got a heart of gold. <laughs> you're an asshole to everybody. And when you do it to the people I don't like, you're funny. I love you. Yeah. Calgary
1: fired their coach. Canada or the imagine Canadians being, fired their coach.
0: Imagine being a Calgary Flames fan and you have woken up from a coma and Daryl
1: Sutter is still coach. Yeah. <laughs> Seven years later. You're like, man, they must have had a really good run, right? <laughs> oh boy, we've got some things to tell you, eh? Yeah.
0: <laughs> I like retread coaches are always good for that joke
1: grab yourself some poutine and just sit up straight in that hospital bed and let me tell you a story about the the calgary alberta flames
0: maybe that'll be the first canadian to listen to our podcast is the person who have just they're gonna be pissed off
1: (laughs) (laughs) they'll go back through some episodes and be like they have really shitty canadian this was not
0: worth the free poutine
1: Yeah, if you are our first listener in Canada, please give us a shout out on the email. It's handsomehockeypod at gmail.com. We will buy you some poutine. Fuck mm-hmm. it. we 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 both are like quasi successful people. No, we're not successful.
0: Successful enough to buy someone. Poutine. We
1: can we can we got poutine money. That's mm-hmm. what I'll say. We got poutine. We got some stimmy checks coming. We got poutine money. <laughs> Uh, Yeah, they ain't got stimmy checks coming. They they ain't got stimmy checks. Actually, no, I
0: think they do every month.
1: No, I was going to say they don't have stimmy checks because their government actually fucking cares uh, about them. Yeah, let's keep moving.
0: (laughs) So So Connor McDavid scored a goal in 10 seconds. What doesn't he do, though? But that was just silly. I mean, also, the, the goalie just completely fucked that one up. It was still just silly. It was such a low danger chance. He just chucks it in from the corner right into the net. The goalie didn't even know what hit him.
1: Well, that's like a third of my goals. It's just like, I hope this goes in. Oh, shut <laughs> up. We also, we're just kind of flying through the NHL at this point. Kiro Kaprizov had a hat trick the other day. I believe it was a nat, natty hattie.
0: Natty hattie. A, a natty hatty In the third period. Like, you, can you have a more impactful natty hatty? No. So I have a question. Is if if, it, if you're tied and then you score three goals, which one of those counts as the game winning goal?
1: All of them. You get three <laughs> game, GWGs. Googs, Three Googs, Three Googs. Let's just end the Calder race now. Just give him the trophy. Just show up in Minnesota. Just show up the Excel Center and be like, oh, here, this is yours. And he'll yeah. be like, what is this? And they'll be like, oh, it's the Rookie of the Year trophy, the Calder. And right. he'll be like, oh, cool. Well, I'm Russian, so I don't get this. And <laughs> yeah, then and everybody it, will explain it to him.
0: The only losers in the scenario are the sports writers that want to write about the Calder like it's a race. Like, just... Just end it. Just move on to some other race.
1: Horse racing sucks, and this year's Calder
0: race sucks. Hey, Eddie Olchuk takes that personally. Don't care. Yeah, somebody could
1: come and break his legs like he's... We're not saying break Kirill Kaprizov's legs. He's a beautiful boy and needs to just play hockey in his unfettered, beautiful... Lovely way. I'm making a Tanya
0: Harding joke and failing. Somebody could clung, club his legs and he should still win the Calder.
1: Just Nancy Kerrigan it. won the silver. So mm-hmm. So what you're saying is he's Oxana Baiul, <laughs>
0: <laughs> But he's amazing. That, that yeah. question is over. We can stop thinking about that. We can what start. other
1: trophies are out there that have some mystery left?
0: We can actually think about the Jack Adams race if we want to. You know, like Joel yeah. Quinville has been... Doing an amazing job with Florida. Um, I'm so
1: tired of that fucking guy, though. I,
0: I know you probably personally are. Rod Brindamore is doing a hell of a job with Carolina.
1: Yeah. Well, I'm so tired of Joel Quinville, but honestly, at this point, I think it's probably him. Florida shouldn't be as good as they are. Well, Carolina. Yeah. Well, Carolina's doing a lot of work without their number one goalie. They've had a lot of injuries. We've called Florida
0: being good for years, and then like they're finally living up to it under Quinville.
1: And that's with Barkov playing with Verhage and the ghost of Anthony Duclair. There's not a whole lot of talent.
0: Well, they're getting contributions up and down the lineup, and yeah,
1: Nola Chari, he right. exists. Frank Vetrano. Yeah, I will say I'm. I'm really excited that Lungfest is having a or not Lungfest Homequest. Hornquist Hornquist Hornqvist, Hornqvist. as I hold up my fist I'm really glad that Patrick Hornqvist is having a really good year this year because there was all this talk about oh he was a product of Pittsburgh despite the fact that he was playing on like the third and fourth line his last couple of years and yeah. still putting up points he's having a pretty lights out season down in Florida and that's awesome to see. And the fact that Florida gets a new GM and then fleeces Jim Rutherford for Patrick Horvath and gives them the Matheson contract, which is fucking terrible. What a turn of events in Florida. Like, good for them. You have something on the script here, and it's just Red Wings question mark. (laughs) And so I love the Red Wings, Mm -hmm. despite all their numerous faults. I have for years been on the let's not fire Jeff Blaschel train. And the reasons are numerous, but the big one is he's really not been given a whole lot to work with in his time. No. He was made the coach at the tail end of a dynasty that died. I mean the Red Wings made the playoffs what 25 years in a row, something like that. Mm-hmm. which is unreal. Unbelievable consistency. And he was kind of like, hey, this thing's on fire. Catch. And so I wanted to give him a lot more grace than I would normally give a coach of the Red Wings, Dave Lewis, because, (laughs) you know, he was he was just given a dumpster fire. Right. He was given a Ken Holland mismanaged that roster. I know he was Ken Holland was given the edict to keep to win at all costs, blah, 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 blah. Keep the keep the streak going, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. Don't care. Ken Holland made some terrible, terrible decisions. Uh, we're still living with the Franz Nielsen contract. We're mm. going to be living with the shattered remains of the Justin Abdulkader contract for like four <laughs> more years. There, There's just there's a lot of shit to pick through there. So I was willing to give Jeff Blaschel a lot of leeway and credit. I'm finally to the point where I will willfully say we need to get rid of fucking Jeff Blaschel. At the end of the season, like, this is a lost season. Yeah,
0: no point the, in getting rid of a coach this season. Yeah,
1: this is a lost season. And, and honestly, the and Red Wings are playing pretty well. And again, mm-hmm. credit to Jeff Blaschel for that. The reason I'm saying I'm done with Jeff Blaschel is Evgeny Svechnikov.
0: Svechnikov! Svechnikov! But the other one.
1: Yeah, his older brother. So Evgeny Svechnikov was a first-round pick of the Red Wings. And had all this promise, had a really great year in the AHL, we were going to bring him up, he going to be the next guy, and then he blew out his knee. And everybody was like, oh, fuck, that's real bad. And he missed a year, and then last year, honestly, last year wasn't right yet either. But this year was supposed to be like, we gave him a one-year deal, it was like, okay, this is like a make it or break it deal. But if you give somebody a make it or break it deal, you got to give them a chance to make it. Evgeny Sveshnikov, despite playing well in the AHL, despite playing really well in the NHL while he was up here, is sent back down to Grand Rapids. At a certain point, you've got Dennis Chalowski sitting down in Grand Rapids who is killing it. He was told that he had to become an elite power play guy in Grand Rapids and he's fucking doing that. And meanwhile, Kristen Juice is like the worst player on the Red Wings, <laughs> and but he gets power play minutes because doing the thing that we should be paying dennis Chalowski to do in the nhl because he's actually one of our prospects it's just really frustrating and i know eiserman is part of that discussion who goes up who goes down mm-hmm. at a certain point you just gotta say e- enough is fucking enough it's a constant cycle of us treating evgeny sveshnikov and other young players like shit when we're in the middle of a rebuild and i don't care about how many minutes franz nielsen or valtteri filpula Need to get the rest of the year. (laughs) Kudos to them on great NHL careers. Mm -hmm. Let's play some young guys and see what we've got.
0: Sveshnikov was drafted 19th overall in 2015.
1: Yeah, see, like, you're just fucking around with a guy's life. Just give him a (laughs) shot. He had four points in four games and... Did he make some mistakes? Yeah. You know why? Because you've never given him a shot in the NHL. Michael Rasmussen keeps getting chances on the on the Red Wings, and he looks okay. Just give a guy a shot. There's obviously an awesome family pedigree. Andre is incredible. Just give this dude a shot who is also a first-round draft choice, and you know, I'm just really tired of the wings seemingly jerking him around
0: yeah it, it's from an outside perspective it seems really strange him
1: Giovanni smith dennis chalowski these guys should be on that roster and it's infuriating that we're playing seven defensemen and down a forward when we could just stick if again on a third line and see what happens and yep. Red Wings rant. I don't talk about the Red Wings much on this podcast other than saying, well, if you haven't noticed yet, I'm a Red Wings fan. But that's my Svechnikov rap. I'm I think that was well put. And Fuck Jeff Blashill.
0: And you are uh, disembarking the Blashill train at the uh, nearest
1: possible. station. At like station. the 95th station. You only get 100.
0: But I also think that coaches that are in his position – don't last like he was always going to be a transitional coach. And sometimes you keep the transitional coach longer than you want to because your team isn't quite ready yet. And because you haven't found your right coaching prospect or you you know haven't landed somebody that you want. And you bet that Iserman has plans at the coaching oh, position. oh yeah
1: he's got plans he's got the Izer plan mm-hmm. and we're all waiting for that next moment of the Izer plan that says fuck this guy
0: right you know it's coming
1: so i'm really tired of seeing and i know other coaches do this but jeff blashel is my coach so that's why i'll grump about it him taking his mask down to yell at people
0: yeah that's always stupid to what see. the
1: fuck are you do you think you can't be understood through a mask while you're yelling at Dylan Larkin who's 6 inches away? <laughs> Put the fucking mask on, bud.
0: <laughs> yeah, that
1: and that part, part of stop yelling of at sports coaches always makes me laugh. And stop yelling at Dylan Larkin cuz he's a perfect child and we want him to be happy <laughs> and healthy and beautiful for the rest of his life in a Red Wings jersey. Fuck Jeff Balsley. Yeah, okay, now I'm done with my Red Wings rant.
0: So Speaking of happy and healthy life, we uh, uh, caught news this week of a Russian player who's fighting for his life. And, and you never know if, if, you know, maybe he might lose it or uh, it might change irrevocably. But um, Timur uh, caption captain of MHK Dynamo, took a puck to the head in relatively normal circumstances playing. He is now in the hospital and and not expected to recover. It looked like such an innocent play. Guy goes in to dump the puck. You know, he's just cross center ice, dumping it back into the into the offensive zone. And Teemer is at the wrong place at the wrong time. Actually, it doesn't take the puck to the face, takes the puck to kind of the, the back neck area underneath the helmet. You know, at that velocity, it apparently fractured his temporal bone and he's dealing with a cerebral hemorrhage. His carotid artery is severely damaged and so he's like completely intubated and his heart and lungs are not currently functioning. It's a really sad situation and, and he's not expected to recover at this point. It just makes you conscious of the fragility of life and the inherent danger that any hockey player takes on.
1: When you see moments like this, it kind of reminds you of your own fragility every time you strap on the skates. And at the same time, There's this outpouring of sorrow and sadness for for anybody who's put into a situation where they are extremely debilitated because of the sport that they love. And so, you know, as a podcast, you know, our best wishes go out to this guy. Hopefully Mm -hmm. some sort of recovery is is in his future. It doesn't sound very good right now, but.
0: Yeah, really, you know, pulling for him to make a recovery that isn't expected at this point. He's 19 and was just named captain at the beginning of this season. Who knows what happens from now, but, you know, we'll continue to think of him as a fellow hockey player that has had a bad break and keep him in our thoughts.
1: Before we sign off, we don't want to end on such a dour note. So we're going to talk about something that's just kind of ridiculous. It is
0: ridiculous. This is like some financial engineering of the nth degree that we are
1: seeing it's some next level weirdness so uh, that only rich people can pull off
0: for real evander kane and the san jose sharks expressed interest in court this week about voiding his contract this is notable because he is currently in bankruptcy proceeding and a lot of what his debts were taken on with the expectation of this contract and so If they were to void his contract, it is actually sort of in his interest in that it affords none of his creditors any sort of redress, and he kind of just gets to get out, call it a debt written off, and move on with his life to a certain extent.
1: Fuck rich people.
0: (laughs) It does seem super unfair, right? Can I do that to my car
1: payments? Can I attach my debt to his and just like, oh, yeah, and while we're doing this, Jake's college debt is forgiven. That's my Evander Kane voice. It's probably not very accurate.
0: And while your college debt is a sneeze in the wind, I'm sure the suits would be like, nope, that is, that's too much money.
1: Yeah, the Biden administration would be like, hell no. <laughs> we can't give our children an ability to live. <laughs> that's fucking preposterous. I'll Even though we it.
0: campaigned on the ability to live. It's maybe for another podcast.
1: Yeah. But, uh, Do yeah. we have a political episode coming up? <laughs> we'll record that on Wednesday. Yeah.
0: Now the lefties complain about the Bidens. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have anything against Jill Biden. Yeah, she seems sweet. But it's super weird seeing a player want to void their own contract. Like he's sort of almost like ad- admitting,
1: you know, at this point, yeah, I'm not worth $7 million a year. Doug Wilson, every time this conversation happens, pees a little. <laughs>
0: He's in. He's like in court, just like trying to contain
1: his bladder. Like, hey. here's the thing. I really hope that if they void this contract, it still counts against the cap. Because Evander Kane, not knowing how to safeguard his money, should not free the San Jose Sharks from the cap hell that they got themselves into.
0: But also, what a funny way to terminate this contract.
1: Would it be as weird or weirder than Marion hosa getting a flesh-eating disease?
0: Weirder because it's less contrived?
1: You know what Evander Kane would do? Also get a flesh-eating disease? No, nah, he'd take that personally.
0: <laughs> but, uh... Okay, fine. You're just better at these damn games than I am. <laughs>
1: We'll see you next week.
0: Yeah, next week. Gonna, you're gonna you're like, up a game. I
1: was going to make this easy, but now I'm going to murder him. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, you're going to get it. <laughs> what's the game? Oh, hey, Evan, what's the game? Oh, it's called Dodge This Knife. I don't like this. <laughs> g-
0: <laughs>
1: Sorry. <laughs> you can only lose once. <laughs> <laughs> so it's kind of like that IRA quote about Margaret Thatcher. We only need to be lucky once. You need to be lucky every time. <laughs>
0: <Oy>. <laughs> uh, Mm -hmm. anyways
1: this is a completely ridiculous situation and i really hope that the sharks don't get out of their cap hell because of vander kane i think we've had enough fun for a day
0: (laughs) i think so too
1: thank you everybody for listening to episode 23 of the handsome hockey podcast at some point we'll get to a thousand and everybody will know our names and we'll be witness will be recognized everywhere we go and people are like damn they handsome until then we're going to keep telling you about our social media presence (laughs) (laughs) Uh, you can find all of our episodes at handsomehockey.com we are handsome hockey podcasts on instagram at handsome hockey on twitter as we mentioned earlier, handsomehockeypod at gmail.com. And we also have the handsome hockey Facebook page. You can find our podcast at Spotify, Apple, Google, Amazon podcast, Stitcher, TuneIn, overcast. And at our podcast host red circle, I could not have said that better. I didn't breathe for like a good 35 seconds there. So it's it, just make sure yeah. you do that just occasionally. Yeah. I'm like a purple little baby here. Yeah. <laughs> as always so we're gonna take jake to the hospital yeah we're gonna take me to the hospital in one of our cars we'll figure it out thank you so much for listening everybody and as always we thrive on your feedback get in touch with us in any of the ways that we just listed uh follow us on social media on and if you see us on any podcast service and you listen to us and you can rate please give us a good rating that would be awesome yeah we'd appreciate it and as always stay handsome everybody.
0: Raste beau tout le monde. Bye.